Good morning. Welcome. Welcome. It's good to be with you, church family. Uh, I just want to say a special welcome. If you're new with us, so, so glad you're here. My name is Joe Polino, and I serve as the lead pastor here. Welcome to church. Guys in the back, thank you for that throwback. Uh, I don't even know who that was. Was that Michael W. Smith? Oh, Stephen Curtis Chapman. So there you go. It was a little bit before my time, even. Um, that, made, that made me feel young. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, well, hey, welcome to church. Uh, if you were here for Easter Sunday, raise your hand. Come on. Easter Sunday. Who had a good time on Easter Sunday? Man, I left Easter Sunday so full in my heart, just getting to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And I don't know why, it just hit me deeper this week, even more, just thinking about that the tomb is empty and all the implications of what that is, that Jesus is alive. And so last Sunday, man, if you were here with us, we, we heard about the resurrection of Jesus and, the, and we celebrated that, just getting to see all friends and family and visitors here. We took communion, just the singing. We had kids ministry going in the back. Buntini's to top it off at the end, man. I just left so full of my heart. But I also wanna just honor some special people in the room. If you were serving in kids' ministry last Sunday on Easter, raise your hand. Okay, can we give them a hand? I was talking to a few of our kids' ministry workers after the service, and I was just thanking them. Thank you for serving on Easter Sunday and being back with the kids. And one of them told me just, they were deeply impacted just by the simple story of Jesus' resurrection, that they were crying as they were telling the kids this story. And so God is working back there, but I also realized that is a sacrifice of love for our church. I don't think we would have been able to all fit in here if we had all of our kids in here on, on, on Sunday. So if you served last Sunday in kids, you get free, you get first dibs on the free stuff in the room, okay? So you can just play that card if you want, uh, you know, whatever it is in there, you get First dibs, and then you can, you can farkle after that, rock, paper, scissors. Okay, well, hey, so Easter Sunday was awesome. Where do we go from there? Well, today I'm really, really excited because we are gonna start a six-week focus on our identity in Christ. And we're, call, we're calling this an identity in Christ practice. And so just to back up a little bit, if you're just joining us or you just joined us a few weeks ago or last week, we as a church, our prayer for this year is the same prayer that Jesus prayed for the church in John 17, verses 21 through 22. And it says, basically the paraphrase is, God, would you make us one with you, make us one with one another so that the world will know who Jesus is. That's a paraphrase of Jesus's prayer that we would be one together and one with the Father so that the world would know that the Father sent him. So that is our prayer. And the way that we are growing in this prayer of union, in a word, it's unity. Unity with God, communion with one another, and partnership on mission in the world. That's what we're doing. And so how do we do that, though? Uh, well, Ephesians is actually laid out chapter by chapter almost with union with God, communion with the saints, and then partnership on mission. So that's how, that's our plan. It's all open-handed before the Lord, but that's our plan of where we're going this year in 2023. So we just finished a section of scripture that was chapter one through chapter two, verse 10, and it's all about our identity of being with God. If we have given our life to Jesus, if we have faith, that is who, that is who we are. 
And so instead of moving on to the next part, we're gonna take time to practice what this actually means. But first, a little reminder of what it means to be in Christ. If you read Ephesians 1 over and over and over again, you will see this phrase repeated, in Christ or in the Lord or in Him. So this word, this phrase in Christ is repeated 91 times in the New Testament and 13 times in Ephesians. In Christ or in the Lord or in Him, these phrases occur 164 times in the letters of Paul alone. The word Christian is only used three times in the entire Bible. So I just share that to say the most common expression used in scripture to define who we are as Jesus followers is that we are in Christ. I mean, it is, it is like repeated so much that it's hard to miss. So we're gonna actually slow down and ask these questions. What does it actually mean for us to be in Christ? Why does this matter? And how does this impact the way that we live? So we're gonna slow down, and for the next, week, next six weeks, from now until basically Memorial Day when summer kicks off, that's what we're gonna be in. So, and then I, I, you might notice the word at the end, instead of series or focus, you know, it's a word practice. And why do I use the word practice? Well, practice is just another way of saying a spiritual discipline or a habit that helps us follow Jesus and become like him. It's not just knowing information about God, it's being on a journey with him and practicing this together. And Jesus says this in Matthew 7, after one of his most famous sermons, maybe his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, there's a couple chapters of him teaching. And then this is the way that he ends the sermon. Jesus says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Wow. So if you read carefully, if you listen closely, it's good that you are here this morning and it's good that when we read scripture, we are listening. But if we stop at listening, we actually can be like the foolish person who builds on the sand. What's the difference? They do exactly the same thing. One of them who's wise hears and puts it into practice and the one who hears and does not is the foolish person. So I know in this room, we have some wise people. So we wanna be people that practice this, amen? Okay, but I will just say this, in preparing for this message, I was convicted by the scripture. And I realized that I had been coasting on what I have heard in the past or what I've done in the past, but recently I have not been actually putting into practice what I'm, what I'm, what I'm preparing on Sunday. You know, and I'm, I'm in this text a lot, so I'm like, oh Lord, would you feed people? Would you change hearts? God, would you change my heart? And I just realized there is a, a level of listening and putting into practice that I feel like it's time for me to, to go through this again. So I'm just saying, I'm signing up again, and I wanna encourage you to lean in and to sign up again, because he says, put it into practice, not put it into perfection. 
okay? So there, there is not any kind of expectation. If you fall or stumble, way to go. That means you're putting it into practice. You're trying, okay? If you, if you, you know, oh, I'll, just, I'll just stop there. I think you guys got it, you know? And the sobering thing is that when you look at the two houses, you probably can't tell the difference between the wise built house and the foolishly built house. You just see on the outside. You don't see what's underneath, right? You don't see it. Um, you know, our family is currently going through a process of uh, buying a new house and selling our current house. Okay, so actually we are under contract. We're contingent on a new house, praise God. And then yesterday we are under contract on selling our current house. So we are like celebrating and all of the, our life group and community who have been on this journey with us are celebrating. And so that's a picture of our house. We have worked hard to give it curb appeal, to get it nice. We're like, oh, we, this is a good house. We love this house, but we're like, let's just make it look a step above, you know? So we've really, we've lived this in this house for seven years. It has been amazing. But if you've sold a house or if you bought a house, there's an excitement when you're under contract, but there's also a little bit of hesitation. Why is that the case? Because the inspection is coming. The inspection is coming. This house looks great, but only the Lord and the homeowner knows what's underneath, right? And the truth is that the homeowner might not know what's underneath. I think that it's great under there, but until someone actually goes through the crawl space and does the inspection, I'm holding my breath a little bit, right? And I just say, y'all, like, we spend a lot of time uh, just working on, hey, what does it look like um, just for our church to grow in good works, to grow in excellence and things like that? And some of those things are so, they're so important. But in praying as a staff of what do we do after Easter? We just felt like even our church, there's a new level of hunger and new life that God's doing in our church. And we're like, sprinters in the blocks waiting for the gun to fire and we wanna run a race. And so we're like, is identity in Christ really what we should be doing right now? Because isn't that kind of navel gazing, looking inward, but we prayed about it. We all just felt unified that this is what God wants to do because there is a race that's starting, but the pace is a lot slower. And if you look at our house, our, my current house up there, what is the most important part of that house? What's the most important part of that house? Someone said it. It's the foundation. You can have a, you know, renovated everything, and if the foundation is poor, it doesn't matter. And so for us, before we move on to the next thing of being one with one another in community and reaching out to others, if we don't understand who we are in Christ, if we don't have that in us, then we don't have it to give to others. So we need to do some foundation work. Okay, so that's, that's the setup of where we're going. And I'll just say in our case, instead of having an attitude of fear of what is, what is God gonna find underneath my house, in my identity, it's more like Jesus knows exactly what's under the house, more than you do, and he knows what is not pretty, what is dark, what is shameful, what is hidden, what is not put together, what needs a lot more work than even you'd realize. And he says, that's my house. He says, I love that house. I paid for that house. I can't wait to get under and do work. Will you let me in? 
That's his attitude. So we don't need to be afraid. We need, hey, let's, let's jump in. So you guys with me? Okay. So here we go. Please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one. And here is my talk in one sentence of what we're doing today with the identity in Christ practice. It is this statement that every person can grow in their identity in Christ by practicing four things. Number one, read scripture. Number two, receive God's truth. Number three, reject lies. And number four, repeat daily, okay? So every person can grow in their identity in Christ. If they do these four things, if they read scripture, they receive God's truth, they reject lies, and they repeat daily. So first, I'm gonna model this and then towards the back end, I'm gonna leave room for us actually to practice this. Because if we were gonna actually kick off a practice, I wanna leave room for us to practice together. That sound good? Okay. So did everyone receive a bookmark when they walked in? So on, if you didn't receive a bookmark, raise your hand. Don't see any hands raised. Okay. So on one side, you'll see these instructions, this identity in Christ practice, where it says, read scripture, receive God's truth, reject lies, repeat daily prayer. And there's a, a phrase, and I'm gonna model how to do that. And then on the back side, I love that we had in the budget to do laminated bookmarks. I did not have in the budget to buy everyone a magnifying glass. <laughs> but this will test your eyesight and really make you lean in of like, okay, what, who am I? <laughs> who, who am I in Christ? No, I love how this turned out. But if you look, if you look closely, you will see from Ephesians 1 through chapter 2, verse 10, who you are in Christ. We were wondering, should we expand beyond Ephesians of who we are in Christ? Because it is a rich resource of a list to make. And this is just in Ephesians 1, chapter, uh, chapter 1 through chapter 2, verse 10. And you can see the, the scripture references for each of these things. I am a saint. I have grace and peace in Christ. In Christ, I am blessed with every spiritual blessing. I'm chosen. So I just wanna say this is an open book test. If you're reading the scripture and like, I don't know what to, just turn back and say, okay, God, help me with this. But I will say for me, um, when I was in my early stages of discipleship to Jesus, so I'm in my 20s, uh, kind of back end of college, man, I was in need of some truth about my identity. I was anxiety ridden, man, I was insecure, I was an approval addict, and I was just like, and, and some of that is like, you're trying to figure out who you are in your, in your adolescence and even in your, your 20s, and I would just say, I'm, I still need these truths, but I will say when I was in my 20s and I first saw this list, I did it in Christ's list, and they were like, I heard a sermon on it, they passed out the sheet, and I started reading it, and it was good, but I just found like it wouldn't go deep, and I was still wrestling with anxiety and insecurity, and I would be doing fine in my quiet time, but then I would approach you know, that person I really cared about or that relationship that was hard and it just would like throw me for a loop. And I realized now after walking with Jesus for a few years um, that there's a few things that I didn't realize then that I'm gonna share with you now that were helpful in, help, in helping this sink deep. And I'm gonna do this through an illustration. So actually, if I can get 
Donnie and Marshall, if you can bring up the prop. So our life group recently went to, yeah, it's great. Our life group recently went to a parenting equipping and they used this analogy. They didn't use the prop, but they used this analogy and I thought this is gonna apply well to where we're at. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, so just a reminder, simple grammar definition that you're probably not thinking about today, but the word in, that preposition in, what it means is, is it means a location or geography. Location or geography. So it says when you are in Christ, they're talking about your spiritual location. Or if you talk about, you know, just in a sentence, like the children are in the living room, or often my two-year-old noble is in the pantry, right? So they're in, in something. We are in the sanctuary right now. We are in the city of Dallas. You guys get that, okay? But just think about the implications of this. So in Ephesians 1, verse 1, this is how Paul opens the letter of Ephesians. He says to God's holy people who are in Ephesus, that's their physical location, like we are in Dallas, And then he says to the faithful in Christ Jesus, that's their spiritual location. They are located in Christ, that's their spiritual location. So for us, we have a physical location, but a spiritual location. If you throw up the diagram, I showed this last week, I think it's helpful, is that who are we can be a complex question to answer. There's, There's different layers to who we are. There's our physical body, right, that outer layer. And then there's our mind, our emotions, our will, our personality that's internal. But then at the, at the core is this spiritual, it's our soul, it's our spirit. And when Paul says you were dead, but God made you alive in Christ, what he's talking about is that when we are born, we are physically alive. Our soul is in union with our body. But when we die, our soul separates from our body. That that word is bios for life. Spiritually, it's the opposite. When we are born, we are born spiritually dead because we are born spiritually separate from God. But when we come in Christ, we are made alive in Him. Are you guys following me? So, okay. So here's, here's a way to illustrate that. 1 Corinthians 15, 21 through 22 describes it this way. When we were born... We were born in Adam. It says, for since death came through a man in Adam, the first man, the resurrection of the dead comes through one man. In Adam, all die. So in Christ, all are made alive. So when you are born, your soul is this sponge, okay? So you're born, every single person is born in Adam, And I heard this example from Dr. Tony Evans that was helpful for all you football fans out there, okay? If an offensive player jumps off sides and goes before the play starts, is that one player penalized or is the whole team penalized? The whole team. The whole team has a false start. Whole team has to start back. Well, hey, when Adam and Eve, but when Adam trespassed, when he jumped off sides and they ate the fruit, It didn't just affect Adam. It affected all of us and all of his children. And so when it says Adam is like a representative head or king that we are all born into. And in Adam is death. And so this 
is a dirty uh, water, you know, uh, dirty bowl. And in it, we talked last week about what are we in when we are in sin, when we are in Adam, we're dead. It's that we are in, um, we are in the world, the flesh, the devil. Like these are things that, that control us and that there's, there's nothing that we can do to clean ourselves up to make us spiritually alive. Like when you're dead, you're dead. You can't really help yourself because you're dead. So we need God to rescue us, to save us. We need a hero. And this is what I love. We are not the hero of our own story. Jesus is the hero of our story. And so it says, for as in, all, for as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. So how do you go from death to life? So when you hear the gospel and faith wells up in you, and it says in Romans 10, 9, that if you declare with your mouth, with your mouth, not your mouth, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised it from the dead, you will be saved. Now, some of you have heard that before and you might say, man, that sounds so easy. That sounds so simple. But realize back in the biblical times in Ephesus and really in most of the world today, if you make this declaration, this profession of faith, and you are baptized in the name of Jesus, in many places, it's a destiny. In many places, it is a true death to life and spiritual, and it might be even putting your own life at risk. And I would say, even in America, there is a cost, right? So this is a, it seems so simple to receive this free gift, but it is a weighty thing, amen? And it's amazing. But here's what happens when you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, not Adam, not you, not your sin, but you say Jesus is Lord, it says that you are buried with Jesus in baptism and he who is perfect, who lived the sinless life, he takes on our sin and he raises us up with him in spiritual places to be in Christ. So if you are in Christ today, this is where you live. This is where you, this is your home. Christ is now your head. He is the one who's your king. And so next week, I'm gonna lean into this a little bit more because it's just too much for us to go through today. So you're in Christ. So you can go through that list of who you are in Christ. And Jesus said, when someone asked him, so what do you need to do to be saved? And Jesus said in John 3, 3, talking to a expert teacher in the law, he said, truly, truly, I tell you, unless one is born again spiritually, you cannot see the kingdom of God. This is a step that you cannot skip. You've gotta simply say, Jesus, I believe and be baptized, okay? You guys with me? Okay, but then let's get to our practice, okay? So how do we practice actually knowing we're in Christ? Because if you look at this sponge, it's still kind of dirty. It's still got stuff on it, even though we are in Christ. We still have some of that old identity, that old man, that old pattern. And we have voices around us. We have, we have structures around us that are hard for us to overcome. So how do we grow in our identity in Christ? Well, the first step is that we wanna read scripture. And scripture, it's like God's pure water poured out over you. And so you'll see that the, the sponge is, is soaking in some of God's truth, right? But there's also the sponge has in it some of the other effects of the old man. There's things inside it that aren't letting it sink in deep. But hey, we're reading scripture, so that's good. So if we're gonna read Ephesians 1, 2 through 10, so let's put up the first three verses. 
Okay, so the first three verses says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. There's a lot of great stuff in there, but just by reading it, we're having it poured over our soul. But then you go to the next step. Okay, so you ask God the question, go to receive God's truth. God, what is the truth about my identity in Christ that you want me to receive today? Because it's not just knowing about God that changes us. That actually doesn't do much. It's just a preliminary step. The Bible says that even the demons believe in who God is, but it doesn't change anything about them. So we wanna know about God, but we want God to press it on our hearts. God, would you help this to be personal to me? right? God, what truth about my identity in Christ do you want me to receive today? So I did this last night and I was going through it. And so here's what I felt like God highlighted from this passage. I feel like God wanted to highlight that truth of that I am holy is when he says to God's holy people in Ephesus, to the, in some version it says to the saints, that that was the truth that God wanted me to receive. Okay. So I'm, I'm receiving that truth right now. Okay. Lord, I am a saint. But you don't just stop there because there's stuff in the sponge that's blocking it going deeper. Okay, so here we go. The next step is that I need to reject lies that are within my soul that I'm believing in my mind. God, what about what is a lie about my identity that you want to identify today for me to reject? And so here's the lie that I felt like came up last night. I need to perform to earn this holy status. That's what I feel like was the lie within me. That is actually a deeply ingrained lie that has been there for a long time. So it's a familiar one. So what do you do with that? Lord, thank you for identifying that lie that, that I need to perform to be holy and not just receive what you've done, okay? That's where I gotta start there. We gotta start with receiving what he's done. So I take that lie that I've been, that I need to perform to earn holy status, and I need, to, I need to get rid of it. I need to say, you know, I can get aggressive with it. I can do it real calm in my chair with my coffee. I can, you know, but it's like, hey, I don't belong to that identity anymore. I'm not in Adam. I'm in Christ. So I ring it out over here, and I come back here. Okay, I receive that truth again, and I repeat. And so here's a simple prayer that you can follow. It says, Father, Thank you that I am fill in the blank of that truth that you are in Christ, and I reject the lie that I am blank. I receive this truth today and trust in you. So you just kind of bask in that. And so in this example, I said, Father, thank you that I am holy in Christ. I reject the lie that I have to perform for my status with you. I receive this truth today, and I trust in you. Okay? You guys following me? So I just wanted to model real practically. And just so you know, my hope and my prayer, uh, my, my wife and I, we were talking about this, this sermon series. And she was like, what is one thing that you wanna believe for God to do in this series? And so I, I prayed and I, we talked about it. And honestly, the thing that came to my mind is that if we can all take a step in trusting God more because the, the truths are getting in us and the lies are getting out, that's my hope. Like, how do you know if that happens? I don't know how to quantify that. I don't know how to measure that, but I think we'll know. I think we'll know. I think we'll know if it's an inch or if it's a mile, it's a win. 
If we can do that, if we can say, God, would you help me to know you more, know my identity in Christ more, and to trust you more? And here's the thing. In, in, in Ephesians, Paul gives this amazing explanation of in Christ, but then he pauses and he prays that this would be real to them. He says in Ephesians 1.17, I keep asking that the God of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom revelation so that you may know him better. And without the Holy Spirit making this real in our hearts, the next verse says that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened so that we may know the hope of our calling. It goes on to express that we may have the eyes of our heart enlightened that we are in Christ. Man, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do that. So if you have your bookmarks, we're gonna take some time to put on some background music and to give, make some room for us to practice this together. Okay, so I'm gonna put up the scripture of Ephesians 1, 1 through 3. You can also open your Bible to the book of Ephesians. If you want to, you can look at what it says on the back of the bookmark. We're just gonna give you some time to receive, read scripture, receive God's truth, reject lies, and repeat. Okay. Well, if you're still going, uh, maybe they can keep, keep going a little bit, but I just wanted to give us some space to make room for us to actually practice that. Now, if I was asked how was that, I think some of you would say, hey, that was really good. I feel like God was speaking to me. Some of you would say, well, I was a little distracted or it was real hard for me to focus. And I'll just say, like, let's just keep putting ourselves before the Lord and even if it's like, man, I got this great truth and this lie was identified that I didn't realize, or if it's just like, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you that you're working in me. It's not, in the, it's not the, short, the short run, right? It's the long run that we want to just continually have God just transform us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, here's what we're gonna do. I'm really excited about this because the plan is like from now until Memorial Day, is that on Sunday in the teachings, we're gonna be talking about our identity in Christ and different things that we have. And I'm believing that God is going to uh, just feed our souls, feed our inner man as we're getting into that. So we're gonna start next Sunday. I'm gonna talk about, man, what, it, what does it actually mean from going from in Adam to in Christ? And I'm very excited to dig into that a little bit more. And we're also gonna be just having different people from our team preaching, it'll be awesome. So that's Sunday, but then individually, my challenge, my encouragement, my invitation to you is to try to do this bookmark daily. So just, it's real simple. I mean, even the scriptures to read, some of them are just one verse, just sitting in one verse and just saying, what is the truth about my identity, all right? And some of them, you can just read through all of Ephesians if you want to and just say, God, what is the truth? But here's the thing, I, I feel like what God is really wanting to highlight is not only who we are in Christ, but who we're not. You know, I think what's interesting that, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to preach a different message. I'll just say this as a preview. John the Baptist, 
when he was asked who he was, he said three different times, no, I'm not this, no, I'm not that, no, I'm not this, no, I'm not that. But then when he said, here's what I am. And oftentimes we need probably three or four, I'm not this before we get to, here's what I am. Okay, so I think I'm actually really excited about step three where reject lies because I think that's where there's gonna be some of the stuff that the enemy's been doing that's gonna come to the surface and we're gonna deal with that. Christ is gonna deal with that. I'm gonna deal with that together uh, in community. And so that's the last thing. So communally, in life groups, in our discipleship groups, or if you're new here, we'd love to figure out a way for you to get in a life group before they go on a pause in the summer. So we have Discover Antioch next week. We just wanna be talking. Hey, what are you learning about your identity in Christ? Just asking people what they're learning. What's been good? What's been hard? And just to talk about it and let's encourage each other and pray for each other to grow in our identity in Christ because this six weeks is focused on our individual identity in Christ. The second half of Ephesians 2 is all about our group identity, our communal identity. It's gonna be great. So to close, if I can have the band come up, we're gonna respond to God's word. And, uh, and there's a few, um, yeah, just again, if you wanna put that picture up of our house, you know, our, our world is very focused on maybe things that are external or showy, and those are the things that are important. But I just say again, what is the most important part of that house? It's our foundation. What's the most important part of your soul? It's your foundation, it's your identity. Okay, and so I'm excited as we lean in here that God is gonna do some foundation work. But I just wanna say there's, there's three different responses that I wanna lead us in before we uh, end with worship and singing. I wanna respond to the Lord and encourage us all to take a step. One is that if you've tried this before and you're just like, man, I, I've, this is not new information to me, I just wanna say again, hey, let's hear the word of God and lean into practice. So I just wanna say, hey, a response is, Lord, would you give me fresh eyes and fresh ears to see my identity in you a little bit better and to identify lies in me? So that's just to say, hey, I'm a disciple and I'm here and I'm locked in on this practice. But there's another part of maybe you've heard this before, maybe you haven't, but that person in the room is someone who's like, I've done this before and it doesn't work for me. I've tried that. In fact, I've been on several years of, Maybe it's recovery or maybe it's different things that you've done and there's just a sense of this is as good as it's gonna get and I just feel like the Lord's saying that's not true. That's not true of you. Uh, that we have not peaked, that he has justified you, he is sanctifying you and he's gonna glorify you but you are in that process of him just putting you in that, baptizing you, putting that clean water on you, rejecting lies and he is delighting to do that. So I just wanna say, if that's you, we would love to pray for you that God would afresh, just put that faith in your heart, God, that you are the one who delights in me and you, do love, you love to work in me. Even the darkest parts of my foundation that are wobbly or broken or shameful, that you, God, love to get in there to restore and to redeem and to give me a, an identity that I have not earned, but I have received in Christ. So let's go ahead and stand. We have a prayer and prophetic team up here. So our prayer, we call them the prayer and prophetic team because we wanna, we wanna be a people who pray and we also wanna be people who believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and that we need them for today. I mean, we were reading Acts 19 that when the gospel showed up, there was a spiritual confrontation that happened 
with the powers and principalities of the air and that there were healings that happened. There were demons that were delivered from people. There was a confrontation. And while it was more overt back then, it's more covert now, we wanna be people who say, God, we want the power of God and the Holy Spirit. We want the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience to happen. And so these people up here who are praying, they wanna partner in prayer with you. They're full of faith, but they're also saying, God, would you give a spiritual gift in this moment of a word or a scripture or a picture for me? And so whether it's something that I said or something else that you're going through in your life, just say, why not? Why not get prayer? Why not come up and just say, I would love prayer for this situation. So they are excited to pray with you. So I'm gonna pray and wherever you're at today, let's respond with faith to God's word. So Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you are one who loves us and you get down in the dirt with us. Lord, that Jesus, you put on flesh and you come up underneath our foundations. God, you come up underneath our house. God, to change us from being in Adam to in Christ. And Lord, I pray, God, that for everyone here, God, that the Spirit of God would make this real. And if anyone in here is not in Christ, Lord, would you have them come up and say, I want today to be the day that I believe in my heart and I profess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. everything that is lovely, that is joyful, that is worthy of praise, to think about you, Jesus. In every moment we're tempted to go around again, God, would we catch ourselves and we say, no, I, I renounce these lies of unbelief and I receive your truth, God, to come to you boldly. God, seeking mercy and peace, so God, the renewal of our minds, bring it, Lord, in Jesus' name. We're gonna make some space just to continue worshiping and our prayer team will still be here. We just wanna go ahead and dismiss you, especially if you're a parent. If one parent can just go get their kid from kids ministry to honor them. 
Um, but if you want to stick around, we feel like we had a prophetic word that Donnie's going to share. Um, so Donnie's going to share a word, and uh, then we're just going to have our have our team up here to continue ministering. So you don't have to leave if you want to linger longer. You want to worship, come forward for a prayer. We're just going to take a little bit more time, but also we just want to dismiss you if you want to do that. But I'm going to turn it over to Donnie just to share this word briefly, and then uh, let me just pray for us as a church briefly after we do that. Yeah, so the picture I got just as I was worshiping was essentially someone in a dark room before a computer screen. And it, uh, whether that's pornography, whether it's a relationship with the internet and online communities, whatever it is, it's just uh, basically an unhealthy relationship with things online or media, digital. And it was like the room was pitch black except for that screen. And they felt like if they turn the screen off, that that's like their only source of light. That's their only joy. And that's their only like, it's their only thing that like brings any joy into their life or any, any, anything that's pleasant is this source. And, and I feel like the Lord said, just, just go ahead and turn it off. And so as they turned it off, uh, the Lord came in and took off these glasses that they had on. They didn't even know they had on and it was, and it turned out like they're in this bright, beautiful room with like large windows and some light was flooding in. It was like the, almost this like, man, if in this amount of light, I wouldn't have even been able to see the, the, the screen. Like, I don't know if you've ever been in those situations or outside trying to look at your phone or a computer screen is so bright, you can't even see it. I feel like the analogy there for someone was that when you say no, or when you resist the devil, when you resist temptation, when you resist unhealthy relationships with anything online, whether that be pornography or just addiction to social media, that the Lord's gonna bring in even more freedom and it's, he's already there like ready to give it to you just to, when you, when you partner with him and say yes to him, he's gonna bring freedom and light into those places that felt dark and, and uh, alone. He's gonna bring in light and freedom and you're gonna be surrounded by people that just love you and are cheering you on. Like they're already there. The Lord is there waiting for you to take those, like to allow him to take those lenses off and uh, receive freedom in that place. So I'm gonna pray for that. Uh, so Jesus, we just ask that if there's anyone in the room, Lord, that has been struggling with a social media addiction, Lord, or a technology addiction, or maybe a news media addiction, or, or maybe a pornography addiction, or something else, Father, that, that deals with online, or maybe a, an online community that's encouraging them in ways and things that are not of you, Jesus. We just come against that in the name of Jesus, so we just say, Father, you are the one that tells us who we are. You are the one that disciples us in that. So Lord, we just ask that you would come against any outside influence into our lives. You would come and you would kill that in the name of Jesus, kill that sin, kill that that lie, Lord Jesus. And in, in its place, would you, would you put your truth, Lord? Just like what Joe showed us with the sponges, Lord, would we wring out that lie? Would we receive the truth of God for us? that there is light, that we can live without those things, that, that that is not our only source of joy, but that you, Jesus, are way more satisfying. You are way more good than anything we have ever known. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, like I said, you're welcome to go if you'd like. We're just gonna make space. The team's gonna play for a few more minutes. So if you just feel like the Lord is moving, just to invite you to come forward for prayer, pray with the people next to you, or if you just need to sit, in that declaration and in that identity practice. Just wanna give you space to do so. Uh, but if you are a parent, you can just go pick up your kid and then you're welcome to bring it back in here or leave, but we'll just kind of leave space here and then you're welcome to leave as you wish.
I could run, I could hide.